we've been talking about the novel coronavirus for so long. I just wonder when the movie's going to come out. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that Ascension Press is scared of. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> there we go. Let's, we can stick that, with that. That one's good. We can do that. <laughs> uh, how you doing? I feel like you're about to ask me if I want some jalapeno poppers. Listen, okay, I don't look that much <laughs> like a Chili's waiter in this tie. <laughs> it's not the tie. It's just the shirt is very red. It's a very, very deep. Red. It's like I'm it's... watching a film in, that was recorded in Technicolor, baby. Like, it's that, those <laughs> it reds are... Very popping off the screen is this it's as red as my phone is it's this like my phone is very red is this schindler's list because all i see is the red j- j- jacket no got it that's different i haven't seen that movie. you haven't seen there's the only color in the movie is the red jacket oh yeah interesting anyway i feel, I feel like i knew that yeah patrick so patrick I looks was... like a chili's waiter right now and that's the bit and you can't <laughs> see it because... so picture a chili's waiter and that's what i look like do chili's wa- do chili's waiters wear red they probably wear black. Most servers yeah, wear I think, black. Yeah, I think they wear black. So that nobody knows how dirty they are. Honestly, though. Um, yeah, they wear black polos that say chilies on them. When, did, when you worked at Bob Evans, did you have yeah. to wear a straw hat and overalls? Uh, no, we had to wear black t-shirts and blue jeans. Really? That doesn't yeah, seem to fit with the, with, the, with the farm fresh fun vibe. Well, you got to wear black in case you get something on your shirt. You're cracking open a nice. Okay. It's a, it's a truly <laughs> nice. Just you got to wear black so no one notices if you get some 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 schmutz on your shirt. Some what now? And then you've been you saying wear, lots of wear, a lot of Yiddish yeah, words on this a lot of podcast. Yiddish <laughs> I'm I'm Yiddish, you know. Are, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not fully Yid. I'm, not I'm just fully Yiddish. Yiddish. I'm just Yiddish. Uh, and you had to wear you had to wear you had to wear uh, blue jeans to fit with the aesthetic. But I had one manager who was very very strict about um, ja- we couldn't wear jackets. What if it was cold? Yeah, I know. And so I got very chilly when I worked at Did you, Bob Evans. <laughs> How much <laughs> could you have worn an Under Armour kind of uh I, I think that was allowed. Yeah. But like the problem was eventually you got hot. And so I just had to like that's walk tr- really fast that's around the true. Do laps. Or like stand near the grill. You know. <laughs> Did they have actually they had actual grills at the Bob Evans? Oh yeah. I mean that's where we cook our pancakes and our world famous uh, farmers bre- farmers choice breakfast. <laughs> For restaurants like that, I just assume that the kitchen is just a row of microwaves, and that there's no, no. <laughs> there's no cooking surfaces. No, everything's farm fresh. Sure. No, pretty much every vegetable is cut like either the night before or the morning of. Every or, like, so, every like, vegetable. Every every like all the vegetables like nothing really came in bags. Um, all of the eggs were cracked fresh and all that stuff. I mean, like they were cracked into a bucket and then scooped like later you yeah. know that's what they would do they would they would crack like a dozen 18 eggs at the same time and put them in a bucket uh-huh and then did they did that bucket go in the fridge did they put it outside where did the bucket go so they have these little cold rails that are like it's like it's 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 ice on the inside uh-huh. and then you just put the bucket in the cold water it's like it's like how they have you know how catering companies have like trays of water and you heat the water and you put the food in the hot water so that it stays warm yes so you do that with cold water mm. and that's how you keep that's how you keep cold things cold and hot things hot and they would keep that scrambled egg mixture there to make french toast super quickly that's oh what they would do. that makes sense i was thinking yeah. this is for like scrambled eggs 
Well, I, I think they used it for scrambled eggs. They used eggs the well. same eggs for scrambled eggs that they used for French toast. They were just yeah, scooping out gonna... of the same trough. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, want my, I wasn't. I wasn't. I want my scrambled eggs hatched differently. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Completely different. What if you you say? Here's what you say. You say that they put in the hot water the food to keep it warm. I've yeah. always put food in the hot water to cook it. And so I'm wondering, where do you draw the line? At what point so are you? At what point are you cooking pasta? And at what point are you saying, "Hey, you look a little chilly. <laughs> let me let me warm, <laughs> let me warm you up." Well, you, just, you, you don't you don't put it in the hot water at a temperature. You put it. You, the hot water is like 180 degrees. It's not like hot enough to cook something. I feel like I would cook in a 180 degree. Yes, you would. I'm a sensitive. Food I have sensitive skin, and so that's yeah. the problem. The worst thing about the hot water rails, the hot water, it, it just called it hot rail and cold rail. That's what we would call it. For mm-hmm. so, I don't know why it's a rail, but anyway, the the problem was the, you would have the, they in the morning they would dump water in this trough, and then <laughs> you would turn the temperature on. Yeah, and and the water would sit there pretty much all day. It wouldn't touch the food. It's just purely for temperature just purposes, but it gets water. gross. Well, yeah, it's gross because stuff falls in there. Ugh. So we would have to clean we and. And yeah, this is gross. This but is it, gross. at the and I was inside, always I was always this, we're changing this podcast into an expose on Bob Evans. <laughs> it's not unsanitary because that stuff doesn't touch your food. Yeah, it's like the 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 dish sits in yeah another dish of hot water. Sure, but the problem is there's no drain on the bottom mm-hmm. of it. You think that so you wise. can't you can't drain. I know, and so every day I had to take one of those quart buckets of that you use for soup. I had to take a to go cup for soup and scoop water out of the hot rail yeah every night and i was like there's like is it is it attached you can't you can't lift it out it's 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 like it's cement it's like part of the counter oh you can't take it out okay yeah so you couldn't like dump it anywhere that sucked i didn't like that yeah that's i'm really glad you got out of that gig yeah they were holding me down that's one of the weird things about serving is that especially these like fast especially these like fast order restaurants that are like the 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 every every like waiter has another job as well so you have like an out as they call it so you it's what you do before you're allowed to leave Mm. and so if they say hey you're cut you go okay cool i'm not going to take any more tables i just have to do my outs and Mm. so during downtime you do them so that you keep working right but we were always understaffed, and so everyone always had more outs than they should have had. And sometimes we even had to like sub for people who weren't there. Like there's there's a there's a position called kitchen prep where you prep all the all the vegetables mm. and the salads and mm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we had to do that ourselves. Sometimes when I was waiting too long, I would just go back there and I'd just do it myself and be wow. like, "You guys took too long," and I'd clear the order and I'd go. Wow, it was a power move, Robert Evans. If you're listening. Patrick Nevy is for hire. You gotta tell you gotta tell the Bob Evans in Weirton, West Virginia, to step their game up. You worked in West Virginia. Yeah, it's the the Panhandle's right next to Steubenville. It's crazy how close everything is over there. There's like four states. You're within right. Walking it is distance. weird. Yeah, I don't think it about is that. Weird. In my mind, Ohio is Ohio, and then you drive like 400 miles, and then you get to Pennsylvania, and then you drive 400 miles, and then you're in West Virginia. Because I'm from the plains. And every, yeah. everything is far away. No, when I leave school on a Wednesday night, I leave Steubenville. Mm-hmm. Within five minutes, I'm in West Virginia. And five minutes after that, I'm in Pennsylvania. That's, see, that's odd. Why wouldn't they just make it a different state at that point? 
I mean, wait, no, they they are making it. You mean the same the same state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why not? Just it's put all pretty it... much the same state. What's really? What's I'm really thinking. Frustrating... I'm thinking a country of concentric circles. <laughs> we could call them. There's di- the problem. We could call them districts, and each one could have different kind of uh, exports. You know that they're responsible for, and then the, yeah, was the was lower the Hunger Games concentric circles the higher the number, the poorer the people are. And that's just kind of, and then you're 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 only going to get to know people really from one district. You're going to know not going to know anything about the rest of them, but you're going to be forced to care about them for the entirety of the story. I think it was concentric yeah. circles because I think Denver was in the middle. I think Denver was supposed to be the capital, and then it was like. No, I'm pretty sure I saw a map that oh, was really? like, yeah, that was Hunger Games map. I don't think Suzanne Collins made. I don't think it was ever clearly defined, which is why I think it's bad literature. Well, let's yeah, let's think just, about Tolkien. Is. The first thing you see in that freaking book, what is it? A detailed map of where a everything is. Map. Who drew it? The author. Who 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 keyed it? The author. Who drew in the okay. little mountains? The author. Come on. So, District 13, according to this map that I found on Google, is sorry, District 12 is in uh is in the wilderness on like the Appalachian. So, District 12 is the Appalachian Mountains, okay? okay. So that's So that's the furthest out circle. So that's kind of classist. No, it's not. It's not circles. Oh, it's not circles. There's random districts. Yes, and mm. the capital is in Las Vegas. Really? And District One is in the mountains. Yeah, and uh. and everything everything kind of on the border is underwater. Mm. So like Florida's underwater. Most of Texas is underwater. California is underwater. So is this in like the future then? This is in the very future. Yes. Uh. Speaking of, I thought it was a historical. The Hunger fiction. Games. So yes, go ahead. Speaking of the Hunger Games, so on Monday I went to like a little writers group. Oh, yeah, like, a, like a Catholic authors in Pittsburgh group. Really? Go. It was cool. I met a bunch of cool people. Yeah, they're fun. A couple of people who had listened to the Crunch before. Hey. Someone made fun of the Crunch, and so I decided to never talk to him again. That just sounds like an average meetup of people. Yeah. Uh huh. So some people knew who we were uh, one person, and then some uh, people knew who we were. Other. A lot of people didn't know who we were, but everybody knew enough to make fun of us. That's kind of just yes, the average, exactly. the yeah, average yeah. meeting. Yeah, precisely. And so we, the someone gave a, they presented an essay, which is what you do when you get together with a bunch of smart Nerds. people. Someone presents it, I know. And so he presented this essay, and it was about, it was about, well, it wasn't about revolutions. On on my recent blog post, I did a post about revolutions. Oh, that's why that person said that on the Facebook page. I just, did, I didn't know where that was coming from. Like, that was the title of my blog. Uh. But we weren't talking about revolutions. His his essay was about the understanding of history, mm. and. Oh, the apocalypse. So his essay was about the apocalypse. And so people were talking about the apocalypse and he was talking about apocalyptic literature. And one of the one of the kids there was like a little he was like a little younger than me. So his dad came and he brought his son. And his son's an aspiring writer. He's graduating high school. Is he okay? He, younger, he was the youngest kid there. Gotcha. And he had read the Hunger Games. And so I was I was I pointed out, you know, I was in fourth grade when the Hunger Games came out. So like were when you? you were a kid. Yeah, I, we were. Oh, the Hunger Games is an old book, yeah, and strange. he was he was in fourth grade when the movies were coming out. So uh, he read the books and watched the movies. And so we talked about the Hunger Games a little bit, and some of the other so one of the guys that was there was like, "Can we please stop talking about these books? They aren't even literature." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously, but they're important, so we should talk about them. They're important because they're culturally significant." And the point of the essay was, "Why are these books so popular?" and 
he was talking about the difference between Divergent and The Hunger Games, and I, I, I said, look, I, I get them confused so often. Yes. I always forget which one is which. Yeah, Divergent, what I remember most... The main characters are identical to they me. They really are. They're about the same. The thing I remember most about the Divergent books is that I was bored the whole I'm time. I'm not like most girls. Yeah. I have multiple personality traits. <laughs> I'm not like most girls. I like two guys and not just one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my high school career will tell me will tell us that is most that is usually the case. I I just I I want uh, Phoebe Phoebe and I watched the Divergent series. She had, her family likes the series, and so we watched nope. it during quarantine. And I was like, this is this is just if Myers Briggs became the government. That's all <laughs> this is. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's, it's, but it's, it's exactly what people, this is, I heard somewhere a long time ago about girls and it was, it might've just been a tweet. i make it sound like <laughs> it was something that somebody said to me, but it's like, girls just love it when you describe themselves to them. And that's, that's what they like. And they say, people like this, people like this, girls, especially like this. Okay. <laughs> you know, cause it's like, if you just say, oh, you're the kind of person that is extroverted in these situations, but introverted in these situations, the girl is like, no way. That is so right. How did you know? How That's did you so know? Me. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so when you read Divergent and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm at total abnegation. <sighs> and and they just, and then it sells a hundred million copies. Yeah. And that's, and that's social science, baby. That's sociology in a book. My Myers-Briggs is so popular because it tells people in every, every, no matter what results you get, it tells you you're quiet around people you don't know and you're loud around <laughs> people you do. And they're like, oh my gosh, no, how did you crazy. know? That's crazy. <laughs> That's, I got my personality test back and it says that I love the things that I'm passionate about. Oh my god! And then gosh. 200 years later, someone writes a musical about your, about your life. <laughs> this is P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum did this. Like this is how he made his money. Wait, really? He, yeah, by he telling sold fake, people. fake, fake personality tests. No, he, it's something called a Barnum statement. It's something that is sounds incredibly personal, mm-hmm. but it could be that it could be true about anybody. A Barnum statement. A Barnum statement. Like, it's something. It's, I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. That's a Barney. Statement. Oh, okay. My bad. This is like the circus guy, P.T. Barnum. Okay, P.T. Barney. Can you imagine? Replace, <laughs> replace. Oh, it. Why don't we read <laughs> the stars? <laughs> What if we change that whole... Busted that one out real quick. The, the I didn't greatest, even know I could do that impression. The greatest showman, <laughs> but the main character is no longer Hugh Jackman. <laughs> the main character is our favorite purple dinosaur. Uh, that'd be great. I would love that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we don't have a topic for today, but what we're going to... No, don't tell them that. They'll stop listening. All right, all right. We have a topic for today, and it's, yeah. in, and it's entitled uh, Questions from Our Patrons. And we well, first of all, first of all, I, I want to say thank you to our patrons for spending all these questions. You can support us patreon.com slash the crunch. I do a few I do have a few business, business, business announcements. Here we go. Say. Should I put in a, a bump? Can we have somebody make a bumper, the business bumper? The business bumper? Uh, um, yes, the quarterly report, and that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's someone who goes Mmm, yes. Exactly what I thought. <laughs> Damn oh, working hard or hardly working. Oh, back to the old grind, I guess. Uh, yeah, so we got we got an audience mail. Th- we got audience mail from our youngest fan. Okay. Okay, I'm intrigued. Hello, Patrick. Okay. Send it just to me. Okay. Hello, Patrick. This... Don't say my name until the end, so my sister can guess who I am. Okay. 
I am one of those, how do you say, children who listens to the digital audio file you make available on the internet for downloading to a computer or mobile device. This kid knows way too many words. <laughs> New got... installments of which can be received by subscribers automatically, otherwise known as a podcast. I am 13 years old. Wow. And if I could donate on Patreon, I would. This is how Jake Paul makes his money. <laughs> yeah. So I understand. Appealing to children. You and, can. Let me hey, tell you this. Let me stop you right there. You can ask for your parents' credit card right now and go to patreon.com. Yeah. Listen, if you, if, you, if you go to patreon.com slash the crunch, you'll get a bunch of V-Bucks. $5 Doesn't that sound fun? $10 a month. $20 a month. Nothing is stopping you. Go. Go. <laughs> Fly like the wind. Go. You know where her purse uh, is. <laughs> I first listened on the way home from my sister's college. She played uh, Yagaboo Dibbidly Baya Dune. I don't remember what that one was. It was when is we were talking about the wild thornberries, and there's the clip of the little guy going Yagaboo Dibbidly and he throws a plate and it crashes, and I inserted the audio into the okay. into the show. It was funny. Needless to say, I was hooked. I have taken most of my views from this show. Oh gosh, sorry. Uh, no comment. No comment. No. I hope we're right. We've, we've conjectured <laughs> really <hope>. a lot. <laughs> I really would like for you to in- discuss in depth Ocean's Eleven and The Simpsons. Why are you watching the Ocean's Eleven and The Simpsons? You're 13. Yeah, you're... I respect it. Those yeah. are some good films. Are... The Simpsons is the not Simpsons a film. is one long film. <laughs> it's a 30 year long film. <laughs> Listen, it's a performance art piece. I would also like it if you discuss how to evangelize other teenagers and tell them how bad social media is and why their parents aren't wrong for having restrictions on them on the internet. You're ahead, you're ahead of your time, my friend. That's true. Lastly, in a previous episode, Ethan said every teen that listens to us, the podcast, also watches Jake Paul. This is not true. <laughs> if I had social media or got social media, I would flame him. Wow. Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for, Thanks, Brian. Thank you for being 13 because you're still... 13 years are still the same as I thought they were, which is good because I haven't seen one in a while. And you're, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're the same. You're doing the 13 same. 13 year olds are the same. Which is good. This, this 13 year old is obviously doing better because he's listening to our show. What he didn't say, the subtext in that is that he watches Logan Paul, but not Jake Paul. And so, it's, <laughs> so I would never watch Jake Paul. Gosh, I'm, I'm here for mature content. Yeah, I'm here for, I'm here for Logan. I'm a Maverick for life. Maverick gang. Hey, is that a taser? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, someone! Oh, uh, uh, red so sus. I saw him standing over the body. What are you, Logan Paul? <laughs> that's one. Of, that's one of the good Among Us jokes that I've seen. Before. I don't know anything about Among Us. I see lots of memes about it. I'm glad that people like it. I have no interest in it. I don't know what it is, but it appears to be I, the next big thing. It is good. It is basically like the game Mafia. Okay, but it's a video game. Okay, so, so the, instead the, of people playing Mafia together, they play yes. this game. Yes, exactly. Great. Instead of people playing a card game, they play this. It's like the game I, I will say, Trouble in Terrorist Town, which was a mod of Counter-Strike like 10 years ago, and they've just oh, really? reskinned it to make it something that 8-year-olds can play, which huh. is great. Great. Anyway. And then uh, someone, Bridget O'Keefe, uh, emailed us and said, thank you for making this really cool podcast. Wait, are we going to talk uh, about Brian's thing? He has to talk about Ocean's Eleven. Oh, he has to talk about Ocean's Eleven. Oh, sure. Ocean's Eleven has the greatest soundtrack, I think, of any movie. I love it's that. It's pretty good. It it really did set the standard for heist movie cliches. I mean, I don't think that that's true, because I think there were lots of heist movies before Ocean's Eleven. Nope, it's the most known one, so it is the hmm. one that came first. How about... Much like me... Hangover, was the, the Hangover was the first movie to have the idea of hangovers. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is a Strand-type game. Um, it's a video game donkey reference. Anyway, you don't know about him. It's all right. No. 
I think the most known heist movie is uh, is a little film. You might have heard of it, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> so let's we're gonna we, heist from the past. Before we start making big proclamations about the most heisty heisty movies, uh, I think Ocean's Eleven is great. It was. It's not the original. Are we talking about the Ocean's Eleven that came out uh, in the the early two thousands or the late nineties? Are we talking about the ocean the original Ocean's Eleven that came out in the sixties or the fifties? We must be talking about the one that came out in the early two thousands. Yeah, because the one with George Clooney. Yeah, because the older one is is what it's based. It's a remake. Everybody knows about the one with George Clooney, but nobody knows about the remake or the pre make nineteen sixty film. Huh. It has the uh, the Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, Peter Lawford, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and Joey Bishop. Oh wow! Yeah, well, I'm sure I'm sure all the, all of our boomers listening to the podcast all the boomers all the boomers well. are freaking out. So it's funny because you talk about the Rat Pack, but then after the movie Old, old School, you had the Frat Pack, which was like Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn. Uh, yes, those guys. I don't know who else is in that movie, but. Is Ben Stiller in the frat pack? Ben Stiller could be in the frat pack. There's also the brat pack made up of the people that were in Breakfast Club and yes. 16 Candles and El- St. Elmo's Fire. There's also the backpack, and it's me and Ethan. And it's there's, just us <laughs> on a college campus making movies. There's also the brats pack, including your favorite brats, such as Yasmin, Meredith, <laughs> Chloe, Jade, <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> There's also <laughs> the snapback. <laughs> uh, I think Ocean's Eleven is great. I think it's a great film. I think everybody should watch it. No matter, how, I, that's one of those movies I can watch anytime. I can just sit down and watch it. It's like a comfort film for me. Hmm, I see. Some people have the, those. The original, the original one. No, no, no. The 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 two thousand the, the remake. The two thousand one. Yeah, the remake. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I I would I would love to see that. I, so okay. Have you seen the movie Heist? I've not seen the movie Heist. Guess what it's about? Killing. It's a heist. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's a heist of a guy who doesn't want to do another heist, but he's uh, got to do another heist. You're talking about You're talking about that Rick and Morty episode. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the movie Heist featuring that, the guy who was in the guy who was in Walking Dead, the guy who played Negan in Walking Dead. I don't he's know. in this movie. Oh, I don't know about that. I do And he Go ahead. He has to he has to get money for his daughter's brain cancer, and so he does a heist and steals from his dad. Mm-hmm. His dad owns a casino, and his dad is also, oh my gosh, what's that guy's name? Al Pacino. His dad is no, his dad's not yeah. Al Pacino. His dad is Robert De Niro. One of those Italians. One of the guys that was in The Irishman. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you're really you're really nailing this synopsis. Yeah, I know. No, it's a real, I'm sure everybody wants to go see this movie. It's on Netflix. So you can go watch it, but yeah, his dad owns a casino and he steals, and then um, it's got Robert De Niro in it. What did I say? You you, uh, you said Al Pacino. Yeah, and then I said Robert De Niro. Okay, right yeah, later, yeah, right? yeah, you're right. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. It, you got it. Al Pacino is not in it. I do think that the the heist episode of the Rick and Morty show for all of Rick and Morty's failings is like, so, it's so funny because it just plays, it, is really funny. it plays on all of the, the tropes of the heist genre to the point where it's just nonsensical. And so uh, watch it. And if you don't understand it, go watch some heist movies. Heat is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, the town you've got, 
Uh, I mean, there's lots of them. Tower Heist. I think that one actually okay. does have Ben Stiller in it. <laughs> Tower Heist. Uh, Skyscraper is a heist movie. Yeah, sort of. Oh, the th- uh, Three Three Kings. It's one with it has George Clooney in it as well. It's like a, a Gulf War film. Um, which you know, okay. Good. You know what's an underrated movie genre? Tell me. Prison Escape films. Prison Escape films. War for the Planet of the Apes. Is that a prison escape? It movie? actually is. You wouldn't think that it is, but it actually. It kind really? Of, yeah. So the dirty prison dozen. escape movies. Yes, that one. Uh, I think I think this one's just called the Escape Plan. Mm-hmm. That that sounds no. That sounds like a movie that like Dwayne the Rock Johnson is in, but he's not like cool. You know the, yeah, the yeah, Escape yeah, Plan. Yeah. It's yeah. I think it's like this one has Sylvester Sloan and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, yes, I know the one that you're talking about. It's yes, just called. And they have to, It's just called Escape. Oh, it's no, called no, escape. no! It is it's called. called es- it's called Escape Plan. It's called Escape Plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah there yeah. it is. Yep. And another one is oh my gosh what's this other one? uh well okay the great escape is a really good the great movie. escape if you haven't seen the great escape you need to go watch it it's uh uh steve mcqueen that's not the to one... be confused with his cousin lightning and <laughs> that's the one that's a... spoofed in once upon a time in hollywood they have leonardo dicaprio trying out for the part of steve mcqueen in the great escape and it's like it's kind of spooky <laughs> how it like they recreated it you know anyway yeah there's that one escape from alcatraz shawshank redemption Hey, you're just reading them off a list. I'm not reading them off a list. Then why is your laptop on and you're looking at it? Cool Hand Luke. Shutter Island. <laughs> okay, All right. that's a stretch. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I do like I do like the Escape from Prison Do you, do you want to go to listener questions? No, I mean, I like talking about films. I talk about War for the Planet of the Apes all day long. We don't have I, to. I did, I did say Bridget's name and go, I didn't say Yeah, yeah we got so to go, go to Bridget's. Sorry, First okay, of all, all right. Brian, last thing. We don't know anything about The Simpsons. It's the wrong podcast. Go to Catching Foxes. All right, carry on. No, 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 don't. <laughs> You're 13. <laughs> um, thank you for making a great podcast. What would it take for you to grab some people and make a Catholic D&D podcast? Oh, money. Money? It would have to be, it would have to be worth my time. We would have to, we would honestly, like, I would have to make, Patrick, a, I would have to make a bank off of that episode. That, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, if I'm being honest, though, that would be so fun. It would be really fun. The issue is the time commitment. And also to get a really good DM, neither of us would be able to do it. Like, right. no one, we would not be able to find someone who would do it. We would have to pay someone to DM the podcast. Unless somebody listening find, to this is a really good Dungeons and Dragons DM. And wants if someone to DM here is a really us. good D&D DM, <laughs> if someone's a really good DM, and wants us to do a D&D podcast and can do like a short... Here's the thing. If we were going to do it, it's not going to be like Adventure Zone. It's not going to be like Critical Role. Adventure Zone it's is not, so good. It's not going to be like us going on like a multi-week campaign where we do a bunch... It's going to be... It, it has to be like... We're going to play it out, obviously. Right. But it would have to be a mini series. It would have to be. Yeah. I think realistically, I probably wouldn't be able to commit to it until after the school year's yeah. over you know yeah uh also we don't have to do D. there are a ton of other true. rpgs but i kind that... of i kind of fell in love with D when i listened to the adventure zone because it's, it's like it's the it's the it's yeah it's standard there know? are people out there who are who are rpg snobs uh-huh. and D is like settlers of Catan for people who are like really like board games hey you know? I like Settlers of Catan. Why reinvent I the do. wheel? I like you know? I like Settlers of Catan every two years. I also like Munchkin every two years. I can't do it often. My my good friend Matthew Wells loves Munchkin and always talked about it. 
never played it with me because it was always too much work to explain the game. And so we would always play something oh, else. Oh, it's so much work. It's but if very you know D&D, it becomes easier. Really? Okay. That might Yeah. Help. You have a class and a race and all that uh, stuff. Yeah. Let me just uh, let me just roll an insight check. Oh, it looks here. I, I've decided that we're going to do it at some point. You Okay. Actually, no. You, me, and Teresa and... Father somebody Anthony. else and father anthony <laughs> should all get together and play munchkin that's a much but it, it would have to be a video that's the problem we could do like uh, shots of us and then a shot of the table. here's the thing patrick i'm only allowed to have fun if i'm making money off of it so <laughs> either either we go gambling or we figure out a way to uh you know what i mean for this D thing i'm in okay <laughs> i'm in i want to do it i think it's a great idea all right cool do you want to do? Uh, do you want to do listener questions? I would love some listener questions. So these are some actually like our our patrons always our patrons patreon.com slash the crunch our patrons. Oh, I didn't do my announcements. Dang it! I didn't do the business. <laughs> that I had to. <laughs> Re- replay the bumper. No, 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 no. We're gonna do it at the end. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget. I know I'm gonna Just forget. I'm gonna down. do it now. Okay. Yeah, we have two okay. things. We have two things. We have two things. All right. One is the crunch store. Go buy things. <laughs> We have really good merch. We're gonna bring out more merch. We're trying to get we're trying to get hoodies for the Christmas season. Uh, we're gonna run a um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna run some some cool products out for the Christmas season. Uh, so keep your eyes on that. If you don't, if you're like I don't want to buy something, I might want to buy something later. Just go on the thing and put your email address in so you get notified when we make new merch. Like uh, we're gonna have mugs and we're gonna have hoodies. And we have t-shirts and stickers already. And yeah, so we're going to do... Well, well, eventually we'll also make some little packages. Like, hey, you can get the star, the, the Crunch the crunch Bunch starter pack where you get like a t-shirt and three stickers. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. And then uh, another thing is we are... I am repartnering with Catholic Beard Bomb for the November. Oh. For the Nazarite Challenge. They do a, uh, they do a, a challenge in November. It's basically just you know, an advent thing, prepare for advent, get ready for Christmas, you know, spiritual. It's for what? Where did the Nazarites go when they needed, uh, uh, some Tylenol? Where? Nazarite aid. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have those in Florida. We don't don't have them in Kansas either. I just know that it's a brand. All right. I know that it's a brand and uh, I am, I, this, this year's Nazarite challenge is focused on brotherhood and I will be hosting it. So me and Catholic beard bomb have been putting together some great resources and we're going to be doing live streams and it is free. So you should sign up. And if you go to the link in our description and you would like some Catholic beard bomb stuff, you can go and it's an affiliate link. So you can, you can go get a discount and you'll help support the show. You got to remember to send that to me so I can put it in the yes i will and this is uh this is something that's more for ethan and the audience but i do need to tell you this oh no we have so many affiliate links and i want everyone to know that we have affiliate links but we can't just plug all of our affiliate links like for hallow and catholic beard bomb and all of our other things we should just have a page on our website that's just like hey you want catholic things go to this part of our website and get discounts on it so go to the crunchcast.com slash links and it'll uh is that a good one maybe i can i can have that i can probably not ready by sunday we can we can have that ready by sunday so just go ahead and uh go ahead and do that (laughs) and if you're listening to this stop the podcast right now go to the crunchcast.com slash links and see if patrick actually held up to his end of the bargain if not you know go to go to 
Go to thecrunchcast.com slash big money, baby. <laughs> and then that's... <laughs> And if you and if it doesn't show up, if the if the crunchcast.com slash big money baby doesn't actually bring you to the affiliate links, it means that Patrick is spending too much time counting his produce inventory at the back of the Ruby Tuesdays that he works at. <laughs> With his Ethan thinks I look like a manager at a mid range restaurant. That's what he thinks he I look kinda, like. He's a step above fast food, a step below like a real restaurant. Wow, uh, that's so mean. I just I also just cut out like eighty percent of restaurants, which I'm fine with. That's fair. Uh, great. Is that all the business, business, business? That's all the business. And now let's go to the Patreon questions, patreon.com slash the crunch. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Oh, am I supposed to have them up? Yeah, you're supposed to have them. Okay, let me let me just go over to the page real quick. I do have one real quick. Go for this it. Is a goofy, this is a goofy one. Right. I wrote it. I, I was, it was one from Andrew Jordan, who is always mm. the funniest person ever. Yes. He asked a good question that, honestly, I want to know. He asked, also, he said something else. So, also, why do onions never taste as good as they look <laughs> in the movie holes? I've thought about this. No root fruit has ever looked as delicious as it did when Stanley Yelnats crunched into one of those in that grassy area next to a stream on a mountain. They, you are absolutely right, Andrew Jordan. And that 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 dirty water that they get into their jugs, and then they're drinking out of it. As oh a kid, gosh. I was always like, "How are you drinking that dirty water?" And it was just so odd, so strange. They were big onions. They were juicy onions. They weren't crying. Did Chai Love cry in that scene? I think he did. And like the thing was that if you ate those onions, the lizards wouldn't bite you because you you taste bad. Because you smell. <laughs> yes. And the onions got into your blood. And that's what nobody knew. There's also, can we talk about the, 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 when they found the boat upside down in the middle of the desert and there were the peaches mm-hmm. in the boat and they break it open. There's some yeah. sharp glass on that jar. Even as a kid, I was watching that scene and I was like, they're going to cut their lips on that jar. That's dangerous. There's a lot of health hazards, believe it a or lot. not, in the movie holes. We've got the <laughs> the warden slapping the children with snake venom painted onto her nails. That's crazy. Yeah. You've got the uh the guy, you've got John Voigt <laughs> withholding <laughs> withholding water from children. I know. This this made me very afraid of the pen of the penitentiary system. It really did. Of you, the penal system. Is there any? Are there any Camp Green Lakes out there in real life? Are there prison camps for there, kids like there this? There are. Really? There probably there were. Works. Okay. Yeah. There there were. Not all of them. Prob- not all of them have John Voight, which is just a tragedy. Out. Have you read the book The Nickel Boys? The Nickel Boys. The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. It, it was a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. It was about an actual camp in Tallahassee, Florida, where they sent boys and they segregated the black boys and the white boys Whoa. and like they killed young black children and like left them in the woods. Oh yeah. That's, it was cr- this is hmm. this is a real thing that happened in 1970. I don't know that much about the legal system, but I do know <laughs> That you can't they, just kill people that you don't like. Ethan, 1970. Yeah. Our parents were old enough to have gone to that camp. My dad was born in 1967. All right. So yeah. I need so you like to So like 1970. Down. 1970. It like was in the 1970s. They were in their childhood when this camp was running. That's true. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah. Wow. So Camp Green Lake does exist. I'm going to look up right now, instead of doing the rest of this podcast, I'm going to look up John Voight Holes scenes. Maybe it, safe search. Maybe it's not actually John Voight. It looks like him. No, I think it is. I don't know. I don't know. What if it's if it not? Is. And I've just been saying this the whole time. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. It is. You also have Sig- Sigourney Weaver. I don't know how to say her name. Does anyone know? Sig- Sigourney. 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 Patricia Arquette is in this film. Um, Patrick Tolles asks, has anyone ever woken up and said, I can't wait to go to Burger King today? We were talking about this on the phone the other day, me and Pat. And so I think that's why he, uh, oh, he brought okay. <laughs> this up. Because I was talking about how I stopped and got some McDonald's. And yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, you seem like a McDonald's guy. And that's fair. I am. No no shade. But this is the interesting thing. Is you got your Wendy's people. You got your McDonald's people. You got your Chick-fil-A people. You even got your Taco Bell people. Well, oh, have you, Phoebe and I are Taco Bell people. Have you ever met somebody that's like, we got to get something quick. Let's go to Burger King. Yes, and they are the people. Yes, they are the people that go to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios Florida, Uh, and they are the people that yeah, and they are the people that really liked the Martians TV show that was on. Remember that show? The Martians TV show. They really like Cartoon Network, and they watched. It's oh oh my gosh! It's like what? What's that Martians show? It's like it's one of those shows that's like in the back of my memory, and I'm like, did this show ever exist? But ugly Martians. But ugly Martians. Really? That's it. But Ugly Martians. It's a computer animated television series produced by the British media group Just Entertainment in association with my own. But Ugly. But Ugly Martians. Okay, well. They aren't that but ugly. Yes, I suppose not. So you're saying the average Floridian is a Burger King fan? <laughs> yeah. Because uh-huh. <laughs> there's. Burger King, Burger, King is th- Burger King is the Florida of restaurants. I understand this. That is I the can best. Say this- that's the best way to say it. Because if you were like, hey, uh, someone found a, a human toe in a burger at a <laughs> fast food King. restaurant. Where would you guess You'd it be like, happen? no, no, no. Just if you just say a fast food restaurant, you'd be like, was it Burger King? Because yeah. I think it was Burger King. Number one question. Yeah, but ugly Martians. They're saluting in this picture. I don't understand what they're saluting. And they're saluting they're you. Martians. They're saluting you, King. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, how, how, how about like some real questions? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Give me a real one. Not that those weren't real questions. No, they were so, fake. James, our our patron, our patron James, he said, "I'd love to hear some feedback from Patrick on experiencing marriage as a newlywed." Yes, challenges, I w- I would surprises. Like to, I would like to hear about this as well. You've been married for what six years now? Uh huh. Yeah, just about. Certainly feels like it with this it's ball and chain wrapped yeah, around uh-huh, my leg, buddy. That's my wife you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Share I was thoughts. going to reply to his question because this is like my gut reaction. But I would like to say my gut. So I read this. I read this, and I was like, honestly, the most surprising thing about marriage is how gosh darn easy it's been. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like everyone. Here's the thing. Based on not that it's not that it's like nothing bad has happened, or like we've not gotten any fights, or like nothing wrong has gone has happened. Like we've we've been through stressful. Merging finances with another person is very stressful, especially when you're as money minded as I am. I'm kind of I'm kind of a stickler when it comes. I'm kind of a pen pincher. Anyway, so that's obviously tough, right? Like we're we're realizing stuff about ourselves we didn't before. But oh my gosh, people made it such a big deal. People are like, oh, you're getting you're getting married. Oh my gosh, like you're so young and it's so hard and you got to be real <laughs> and it's careful. So and of marriage. course, all of 
<laughs> all of these people are divorced, obviously. Oh, and uh, the average Floridian. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But like, but like, a lot of the advice that I got from people—not all of them—I'm just being mean. But a lot of them were like working out of their own woundedness, right? They're like, they're oh, I I made a bad decision when I was your age, getting married. Therefore, you must also be making a bad decision. And so, but I I did get a lot of a lot of these. Oh my gosh, marriage is going to be so difficult. But it's been great, and like, part of what I've learned is that in order to grow. You have to be okay. Your your regular state of mind needs to be. I am okay if I am wrong in this situation. Yeah, <laughs> and like that needs to be that needs to be something that all of us and I, I don't know. It's all of us need to learn this. Like I need to be okay with being wrong. I need to find where I need to grow in this situation. I feel uncomfortable. Why? It's a really important to know yourself because then you can not lash out at your spouse. Um. It's very easy to just go, well, you're just being this way mm-hmm. and just kind of dismiss them. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel that temptation in myself sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's just, I just have gotten in the habit of being like, that's stupid. Don't do that. That's not going to help anybody. So that's a good question. Dang. I had a, I had a book. I don't have it right with me. I've been reading Introduction <laughs> to the Devout Life. And oh, interesting. There's a section on counsels to married people. Oh. Um, can I just go get it? Can I go get it real quick so I can read it? Sure, you it's can. Just, it's just in the other room. You can tell, talk to the people while I'm gone. No, oh, I don't like. I don't want to do this. Okay, so I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, for those of you guys who were on Twitter and remember back in 2016, Ethan and I were nominated and we won the Catholic Hipster of the Year award. I know it was a big deal. It was all over. It was all over the news, and I was thinking about that, and I was wondering, do you guys think I should take that off my resume because it's like still on there? Hey, hey. welcome back. Is it, uh, you can you know that twenty twenty has given me brain worms because I ran outside of my room inside my own house and I thought, oh, I should have a mask on. It's just <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Did you say anything fun while I was gone? Not really. Did you miss me? Yes. Uh, I like this part. It's talking about husbands, which is what you are. Me. I am. Pick me. Pick me. This is Patrick. St. Francis de Sales is writing this to you. He says, therefore, husbands, do you preserve a tender, constant, hearty love for your wives? It was that the wife might be loved heartily and tenderly that woman was taken from the side nearest Adam's heart. This is the part I highlighted. No failings or infirmities, bodily or mental, in your wife should ever excite any kind of dislike in you, but rather a loving, tender compassion, and that because God has made her dependent on you and bound to defer to and obey you, and that while she is meant to be your helpmate, you are her superior and her head. Um, and I just thought that was so good because it is so easy to just like allow the things that a person you're very close to like allow that to be like, oh gosh, I really wish that they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really wish that they had some different attribute, you know. Um, and that's actually like you're encouraged as a husband specifically of like in the moments where Phoebe does something that you don't like or that you wish she didn't do, or is like, oh, she's just acting this way. It's really easy to dismiss it and be like, well, that's just something I don't like about her. And that's like not. It's not right. It's not what you're supposed to do. You actually have yeah. to respond with compassion 
Because oftentimes those things aren't sinful, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not wrong. It's just a little annoying. And it's like, you know or what? Not even annoying, I, just different than how you would do it. Yeah, that's more That's more it. It's not like, it's like, yeah, this is absolutely It's true. not like Phoebe's walking around the house like Donkey and Shrek 2 going. <laughs> and just trying, <laughs> just trying to annoy the crap out of you, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just she she puts hangers on the different way than I do. It, yeah, like, like the, it's the stupid stuff like the that. Other way. And you're like, why are you attacking my way of life? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like that's the gut reaction. But yeah. I have to be honest. Like I've I've just tr- I've just you know deferred. I've been like, okay. I mean, I have two options here. The only two options are one, I should flip my hangers around the other way, or I should just not bother that my closet's asymmetrical. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. She's doing laundry. I don't got to do laundry. She can do hangers however way she wants. I'll just go f- cook dinner, you know? That's <laughs> funny. Uh, I think it's funny how a lot of people I see recently married, or at least I did in the past, they talk about marriage has been the hardest thing that I've ever done, but it's so rewarding. It's so good. And you're just like, huh? You've been married for Boom. three You've been married for three months. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. They, I think that's what they're supposed to say. I, pe- yeah. People, People like ask me, like, oh, you enjoying married life? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's t- it can get tough. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. It's pizza night. So, we're gonna- <laughs> it's pizza night. <laughs> it is I'm making homemade pizza tonight. That's that's the the question that you always have to like. We were talking about earlier about a different topic of marriage life, but the, when people ask you those things, just say like, yeah, it's uh, it's going better than it probably should be, but not as good as I'd like it to be. You know, and just like have these middle of the road answers that yeah. like, just don't mean anything. And they're like, oh, cool. Okay. All right. I'll interpret that however I want, I guess. <laughs> I'll interpret that so that it reflects my own wounds about my marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> That's funny. I'm glad that it's going well. Do you have any advice for me, a young boy who just recently passed the nine month mark with my girlfriend? Um, c- communication, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny communicate it's called communication, it's called communication baby. baby it's i can't believe they pulled that out of just uh, all of my words because it <laughs> I sounds just, i can't believe they found it it sounds but, so smarmy when you say it like that you know? i know no but like in all seriousness in all seriousness some of the best things that i've ever done is gotten over that that insecurity of should i even bring this up because i know this is important yeah just bring it up I love it. I love it. Let's do another question. I like uh, I like this one. This one just got posted 21 minutes ago. So this is in media res as we're recording the podcast. Austin Boswick, thank you for posting. He says, do you guys have any morning, night, or prayer routines that you could share? Any starting points for integrating p- prayer into our daily lives? I'll let the man with the office job go first. Oh, I already talked a bunch, but yeah, okay, cool. I'll go. Well, I mean, I can go. I, I'll go. I'll go. It's fine. You, you sit. You sit this one out. I'll talk about prayer. I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you work for the church or anything. Hey, listen. My morning and night prayer routines are less than stellar. I'll just let's mm-hmm. just be honest here. This morning, I woke up and I thought to myself, you know, I should make a morning offering. And instead, what I did was. <laughs> is I laid there and like prayed for 30 seconds and then I fell asleep for 20 minutes. 
<laughs> you got to get out of bed. I know. Who would have thought? That's like day one. Uh, yeah. So uh, I I can yeah. do it. I've done it before. I have good streaks. I've got bad streaks, and I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. It takes a long time to unravel bad habits, and so it's very true. Yeah. I'm. I don't have any high expectations of myself because when I do put those high expectations on myself, of oh, I'm going to make a morning offering every day. My knees are hitting the floor as soon as the alarm goes off. Like. That always leads to me being depressed and just upset yeah. that I'm not holier than I am. And That's so, also really difficult to roll out of your bed and land on your knees. Yeah, well, my teammate's able to do it. She was talking about how she figured out this way. Because I'm always, when I do kneel, I kneel facing the bed. And I sometimes yeah. will fall asleep kneeling in the morning. <laughs> but but Emily's, here, I'll show you. You got the camera up. You can just describe the audience what's going on. So what All right, Emily cool, does, cool. She goes, she's in the bed. Alarm goes off. Right. Okay, he's laying down. And he's laying down. Kind of he's swiveling his legs over the bed. Like and, and then kneels oh, so this way. So it's like you're rolling over onto your stomach, right. but instead you just drop. So it's like you're rolling over onto your stomach, but instead you just drop out of your bed onto your knees, like into a burpee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, kind Roll of like that. And so there's. Up. So I don't. I don't know if you could see that, uh, Austin, but. Yeah, Austin, if you could just roll the tape back. Roll the tape back, you can watch that. As far as night routine, just this past week, I I camped at a monastery this weekend, um, which I would have talked about in the intro, but we were goofing on Bob Evans, and so that's fine. I camped at a monastery this weekend, so I got to go to Compline with a bunch of Benedictine monks, and I was like, "Uh, I got to start praying night prayer again. And so talked to my roommate and teammate, Sam. I was like, hey, we should pray night prayer together every night. Sam's like, okay. So, boom, I got someone built in that wants to do it with me. So, it's really great if you have somebody in your life that will pray with you regularly. Um, and Austin is married, it seems. Great. So you have you do have a mega built-in person. You do have a person. A mega built-in person. Uh, so, I will say, in addition to that, be honest with yourself. I learned that the only time I was, I was, I was like, I'm, I want to do a 54-day rosary novena. Oh, yeah. I, tried I that. know that I am not going to wake up 30 minutes earlier than normal because we wake up at 6.30 and I just I tried pushing it back five minutes every day. It's really difficult. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to give 30 minutes of my commute. Get up, set aside that time to pray the rosary. I'll do it in the car. And even though even though you can't, you know, do meditate, closed eyes meditation in the car, it's what I can do. And then... In terms of night routine, Phoebe and I make it a point to pray a Hail Mary. We started out just praying a Hail Mary, and then we did what we're thankful for and our petitions, and then we added a few moments of contemplative prayer before that. And so, like as, as we as we as we grew, we like added stuff, and we so we have a night prayer that we do together. I think that's very important. And one of the things we have to we have to when we're we're putting our prayer lives together, this is something that the the mystics understood very well, and we understand very not well. Is we have to we have to have a good understanding of the human person and how our minds work and how our bodies work, and our brains send signals to us that it's time to do something. When Go to we the have bathroom. we have habits, we have habits, right? And so it's hard to start a huge habit. So anyway, there's this thing called like key habits and essentially every time you do something like floss, you essentially say something to your brain. You say, we are the type of person that flosses. 
Every time you floss, you're casting a vote. Every time you decide to skip, you're casting a vote for the other thing. Every time you eat healthy, you're like, we are the type of person who eats healthy. Every time you go to the gym, you say, I am the type of person who goes to the gym. So you can't go to the gym and do an hour-long workout every day. Okay, do a workout every day. Do a bodyweight workout every day that takes five minutes, and that's a daily habit, and track it and just say, you know, I am the type of person who at least works out something every day. And so don't try to create your prayer routine from scratch. Start with a key habit that's not a trivial amount of time, but it's not an impossible amount of time, something you're willing to stick with, and then focus on it for a week or a month and then reevaluate. Is this making my prayer life better? And then build on it because that's the thing we don't realize. Our routines grow. It's taken me two years to get to an actual work routine that I'm happy with and that I'm, that I'm sticking with, you know, and it, it takes a while to tweak routines and tweak habits and make them something that is actually conducive to what we are seeking in our prayer lives, fitness, physical fitness, intellectual life, all of these things, relational life, all these things. Yeah, I didn't start off one day in college just deciding, oh, I'm going to pray a holy hour every day. And then it's been perfect since then. I started off by deciding after Seek 2017, my junior year, deciding, you know what? I don't want to waste my time in the library on Reddit in between classes. I'm going to go to the to the chapel. And so I would literally just, whenever I would have free time during my classes, not every single time, but at least once during the day, I would just go. I pray a rosary, and I didn't really know how to pray the rosary. I did it wrong. Like, I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I had to look up the mysteries, all that stuff. And I prayed for like 20 minutes, and then I left, and I went to my next class. And that's all I did. I didn't really do any mental prayer. I didn't really do any scripture reading. I didn't really do any anything. But it was the beginning of me deciding, I'm going to become the kind of person that goes to the chapel and prays every day. I didn't know that's what I was doing, but that's that's in effect what happened. And so by the time my senior year comes around and there's a daily adoration hour for the focus missionaries, I'm like, oh, well, I could go to that. And so I would go twice a week because I had class, you know, the other three days of the week. And then the semester after that, I could go three times a week. And then I wanted at that point to make time on the two days a week that I couldn't make it to the hour. And so I was praying uh, almost every day. Uh, and then I was starting like, okay, now I'm going to start praying on the weekends. I didn't even really get praying on the weekends down until after my first year with focus. Um, because I would just straight up go all, all Saturday, all day, Sunday, hanging out with students, doing whatever, sleeping in, not really, uh, not really praying on the weekends, which is tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. Still to this day, I still struggle. Like if you're traveling, it's just hard to, even when you're like within your family, it's my third year with focus. That's... I'm a team director. It's still really difficult for me to like take a, take an hour, take 30 minutes away from my family when I'm home and say, hey, I'm going to go pray. Like it's, that's so hard. That's why these key habits are so important Yeah, is because it's something that you can do anywhere at any time. Mm -hmm. I have a key habit for my workout routine. I do 30 squats, 30 pushups. 30 like band pulls. I can't do those everywhere because I don't always have a band. Mm -hmm. But I can do those anywhere. I did them when I went down to Houston. I did them when I'm, you know, traveling back and you can do them in an airport, right? Same with praying. When Phoebe and I are together, you know, when we were traveling, we went to like three different places during our honeymoon. So we, but every day we knew when we are together about to go to sleep, we do this. We don't need to be in a specific place. We don't need to have a specific amount of time. So like, that's why keystone habits are so important and we don't recognize their importance in our prayer lives. Yeah. We recognize them in other places. We know that we, we have good habits when we say, okay, I go to my study corner to study. Mm -hmm. 
All yeah. of this to say is that it's going to take time. If you're starting from ground zero, you don't have to do anything crazy. Like God, this is the other thing too. And maybe you have a really busy work schedule. Maybe you have a really busy family. Maybe you've got five kids and it's just booming at your house and you don't, you're like, when am I supposed to have time? God is not going to ask you for an hour if you only have 20 minutes. So you can't put more expectations on yourself than what God would ask of you. God understands your situation. He's very merciful. He's, he, he knows because he probably put you there on purpose for a reason. And so if you're a student in college and you're taking business classes, uh, then you probably have 30 minutes to an hour every day that you could pray. Probably, if I'm guessing. Some college students listening to this be like, I take really, I'm at a very difficult college. I don't have time to pray. You have time to pray. You're the freest you'll ever be in college. Um, if you, you're a parent and you work a full-time job and you have multiple children, then you probably don't have an hour to pray every day. And that's okay. But you do have something. Everybody has something. God is not going to let your day be so full that you don't have time to be with him because he's God and he loves you and he wants to be with you. Even if that is the the time that you're cutting up potatoes for dinner, that's your 10 minutes where you're, you're talking to God. That's your time, you know? Um, so I think it's, it is creating the habits, but it's also having a mindset that's different of prayer doesn't have to look like me sitting in the chapel for an hour, silently reading my Bible, like a good Christian boy. That's not, that doesn't have to be where your prayer life is. So, um, not very practical, but hopefully some good, good That's techniques to help, help people get started. So do you want to, do you want to answer one of the heavier questions? I suppose. Or do you want to move on to uh, Dr. Ethan's dating, dating corner? corner? Okay. Cause someone Play asked us a question bumper. about separation of church and state. Someone, someone asked us about separation of church and state. Do you want to talk Trump about that Christian. one? We can talk about I that. I mean, we, we could do another episode about that. <laughs> I didn't read what the, those Instagram posts were. Did you read them? I did. What, and also, can when you did give me Instagram the, the become Twitter? I don't know. So the separation of church and state one is about just where that phrase comes from. Mm-hmm. It mentions how uh, Congress, there's two things about religion in the Constitution. Neither of them are separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. There's the free exercise of religion clause in the First Amendment, and there's the establishment clause. And it says con- the government must not establish or promote a religion. Now, they they, they, hybrid, they uh, abridged it. They took out an article the article a as in it's the government must not establish or promote a religion, Mm -hmm. but they said the government must not establish or promote religion. Mm. And those are two different things. Yes. Those are two different things. Those are very different things. Yes. And Oh, Oh, what an article can do. And so uh, government must not substantially burden the exercise of religion without a compelling government interest. That's a terrifying uh, little thing. But anyway, so the separation of church and state is kind of this Holy grail of some of the founding fathers, Jefferson, Madison, loved it a lot uh john f kennedy once said you know as everybody's favorite religious president once said i believe in an Amer- i believe in an america that goes to the moon by the end of this uh, decade uh, i believe in an america where the separation of church and state is absolute oh where no catholic prelate will tell the president how to act yeah <laughs> sounds like somebody's spiritual director was telling him how to act and no protestant minister will tell his parishioners for whom to vote where no church or church school is granted any public funds or political preference, and where no man is denied public office merely because his religion differs from the president, who might appoint, etc. So, ask not what apostasy can do for you. <laughs> but it's 
it's funny because he puts like, I would love an America where the separation of church and state is absolute. And you're like, what? And then he goes, and he's like, where no one can tell the president how to act. <laughs> it sounds like so childish when you say it like that. There's only um, there's only one person that tells the president how to act. And that's Mon- apparently not his wife. Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> No. Oh. Uh, anyway. we're, we are really going for the boomer audience hard today because i bet there's yeah. kids out there that don't even know they have no idea they have no idea all right kids sit down let me tell you about how the hottest president of all time was a serial philanderer ha <laughs> 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 uh, where no I, I don't understand why he says where no church or church school is granted any public funds yeah i don't understand that I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't understand how you can be like any public for any? any. I mean, people none. were going in on the Catholic Church when they found out how, man, how much money the Catholic Church in total got from the uh, stimulus package. Yeah. Uh, it's because the Catholic Church employs people. But people were, were thinking that, you know, we were just wiring that money to Pope Francis' bank account, you know. <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, they, they, uh, they use John F. Kennedy as their as their religious scapegoat since John F. Kennedy was quote unquote publicly religious. Therefore, it's kind of the way that people use you know they find they find a black person that agrees with them and then they're like, "This is my opinion on race because this person said." It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it, that that's kind of what that's kind of what they do with John John F. Kennedy sometimes. But then they then they asked us they wanted to know what we thought about this other Instagram post that was so you want to talk about Donald Trump and Christianity and a quote where Eric Trump said that his father literally saved Christianity. I don't have the quote on that. I don't have the source, but yikes. Yeah. So we could totally talk about that. I I was thinking about this on my drive in about that GK Chesterton quote. That's people want to avoid talking about religion and politics, but those are the only two things worth talking about. Yeah. And we don't really talk about politics ever. We just talk about religion, but I was thinking that I think, I think the, what GK Chesterton used the word that GK Chesterton said was not politics the way we think about it politics is i think it's higher than we 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 kind of just use it to mean the the different lives of the people that are in office but we as in really, you and i or we as in the american people the american people we use the american people we use politics to mean just the day-to-day squabbles of the elite in office but i think politics is polity the study of how to organize the state and I think that that's that's a better conversation to have, and I think that's a conversation that we should start having more on the crunch. What do you guys think? Let us know. Comment below. Comment below in the patreon.com slash the crunch page. Patreon.com slash yeah. crunch. Patrons, patrons, do your thing. Come into the Patreon page and say hey. It's a wonderful kind of day. All right, let's let's go into Doctor Ethan's Andy Corner. I'm sorry. Roll the bumper. Roll the bumper. All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. (laughs) Hello to the crunchiest of lads. I recently asked a friend on a date. Yes. She said the word date had too much romantic pressure behind it and wanted to (laughs) hang out a few times. Okay. (laughs) And wanted to hang out a few times to see if there was any potential for a relationship, which isn't that a date? Anyway, (laughs) we have hung out a few times and it's been going well, but I don't know how long to wait before asking her more clearly to define the intentions and feelings. I don't like having clearly expressed... I don't like having clearly expressed my intention... 
going okay i think it's all i'll amend the sentence i don't like the fact that i have clearly expressed my intentions gone on quasi dates and i still don't know how to act or feel because we're just hanging out the second part of this is that she's mennonite (laughs) (laughs) i pictured i pictured her in a beard i did I guess there has to be Mennonite women. Um, there has I don't, to be. <laughs> what's the difference? What the complementarity between Mennonite and women tonight? Uh huh. Not just the Mennonites, I don't know but the women tonight's and the children tonight's too. <laughs> I don't know how dating someone who I don't know how her dating someone who is or no, I don't know how dating a non-Catholic would go. Any thoughts and jokes are appreciated. Well, good because we already roasted your your. Uh, person's religion i guess yeah. i was in a situation like this once would you like to talk about this i if you want to tell me the story go ahead i was in a situation where i was i i was going on quasi dates i was in a quasi relationship with someone it was really strange mm-hmm. we had both just broken up with our significant others oh, and it was yeah. one of, and, it, and i is was this like the person I was like, is this the story i'm thinking of the 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 reason yeah, 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 yeah everybody knows that story okay. so okay, everybody good. loves that story so um I, I told her ex-boyfriend that story. <laughs> he thought it was hilarious too. Everybody loves that story. So, uh, yeah, that, and that was that was super, it was like the week the week, it was like the week after everything happened and we were like talking mm. and I was like I don't like this because I feel like I am tied to you in some sense, but also there I feel like I'm I feel like there's a there's a I feel like I can't like hang out with other girls cuz you'll be upset, but but also there's no they all, they call him the old Patrick scared of commitment nevy but it wasn't it wasn't i was scared of commitment it was that there was no commitment but it felt like there was sorry we can't go on a date until you order an appetizer <laughs> <laughs> no you know what i'm saying it, yeah, it wasn't you. it wasn't like it wasn't like i was i was like oh i feel like i'm tied down you mm-hmm. know no it was it was yeah, yeah, i yeah. feel like i'm doing something wrong if i ask another girl out but there's no but we're not dating so what's going on and so that that was that was an issue and i eventually just talked to her about it and i said you know i this is how i feel i feel like you i feel like i would be doing something wrong if i asked another girl out but we're not dating so i just want to make it clear i don't want to be in a relationship with you and she was like oh okay and i was like cool what's it called communication baby communication baby it saved me a couple times i think that's great um i think what happened was is that you ask this girl out and she's like, Pa, a boy down at the general store asked me out on a date. What do I do? This young lady, you're not allowed to kiss a man lest even look at him till you're 27 years of age. And unless he is a member of our blessed community down here at the Mennonite farm. And also at most, at least a second cousin. He's got it. I don't know if Mennonites are known for that. Are they? I don't know. I don't think it, we should just slander him like that. And she goes, and she goes, I saw a, man I- a boy asked me out and just cocks a shotgun and goes, dang, Jezebel, and just shoots <laughs> through the ceiling. I saw a Mennonite family at a Cabela's once, and it was a very pleasant experience. Yeah, there's a ton of Mennonites around here. Yeah. I don't mean to be mean to our, sure. our Mennonite m- listeners, <laughs> our followers of Minish. That's who they worship, right? He no, said he wanted, Paul, he said he wanted to listen to a podcast with me. <laughs> Don't let her listen to this podcast. We're being culturally insensitive. I sorry. Is it really culturally insensitive? Is Mennonite a culture? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Right. More so than like Catholicism, I think. It's very specifically a culture. Yeah, depends on depends on where you're from. So here's what you gotta do. You're gonna have to acquire 
learn how to drive a buggy. <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna have to learn how to operate a loom if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna invest in a relationship with this woman. First of all, does she wear the hat? Does she wear the bonnet? Does she, she has to wear the bonnet, right? She gotta wear the bonnet. She's gotta wear the bonnet. This is like this is every this is every trad guy's dream because oh, they say that they want a traditional Catholic woman. Who wears a long dress? But really, they just they just want somebody that. Never mind. It's I'm not gonna. I'm gonna cut that out. Delete. <laughs> they want the fruit. They want the fruits of the loom. Uh-huh. Maybe. <laughs> uh, all right. Woo. I got a couple of questions. So here's. I think this is your problem, right? You've agreed to just hang out, and that's fine, right? She might come from a more conservative culture, and it might it might take her some more time to get to because dating is a is a big step. You know, like for, mm-hmm. for people, it's a, a lot more serious than maybe just going on casual dates and seeing how it goes. Right. To her, this is dating. And so you got to experience that. Maybe what yes. you can do is you come prepared to the next one. Right. You say, hey, I really want to take this to the next level. And if she says, you know, I don't know. I still don't want to get to know you. And then you open up the trunk of your car. There's a butter churn in there. And you say, <laughs> look at what I got for you. Look at what I got. Uh-huh. You say, and then, uh-huh. you, and then you put her hand on it, and you put your hand over hers. You say, "Look what I got for us." <laughs> and then you walk over to the field, and you pull a big rope, and you raise a barn. You raise a barn together. Yeah, I think there's so many, so many things that you can do. You know, you, you take could, off your you take off your trench coat, uh-huh. and you have uh, you have like suspenders and black pants, and like a rolled up white shirt mm-hmm. that they wear you mm-hmm, know when they're mm-hmm. raising barns uh-huh. and you have a hat on you say you look go ahead the, i don't know the, go ahead i was gonna say do you want to i bought a buckle hat baby you got a buckle <laughs> hat you come you you come you dress in the whole garb right you're dressed mm-hmm. in the whole all of it whole to nine. the nines you say hey i want to take you on a date she's like i don't know I said no, no 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 we're not going to dinner we're not going we're not going out we're not going to the clubs we're not we're not even going bowling we're not using anything that was invented after 1800. Babe, babe, I want to fetch water with you. <laughs> wow, that's a little bit much. I know. It's a bit fast. It's a bit that's fast. That's a bit fast. But I think it'd be good. <laughs> you open the trunk of your car and you pull out one of those like yokes for, for, ba- for pails of water. I think it's perfect. I think, could you, uh, um, what's, what's a Mennonite girl name? Does she have a name? Did it come in the email? Uh, Clements. Clements? Clemencia. Clements? Clemencia? Clementine. Clementine. No. Clementine's good. Susanna. 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 Uh Clement Deborah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of old <laughs> testament names. Clementine Susanna. I've had such a good good time All I can think you. of is, is Mennonite men names and they all start with J. Yeah. Jeremiah. Yeah. Jer Joachim. Um <laughs> Susanna Clementine, I just want you to know that I bought this buckle hat and I legally changed my name to jeroboam and <laughs> and jeroboam and i i think it's fine i think it's finally time that you showed me your father's sawmill i think it's fine <laughs> i want to and no that's not a euphemism susanna clementine that is i want <laughs> i want you to show me what your father does for a living and i want to see i want to see him cut lumber and use it to construct buildings and that's that's the life i want to live with you in this community uh-huh. And I want to. I want to not use electronic banking <laughs> or indoor plumbing. <laughs> what I what I really would like to. We're get confusing rid of, the Mennonites with the Amish. You I know that, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. I cool. Do, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. What I would really like to get rid of is Venmo, and I I see a relationship with you as a perfect path to achieve that end. You know, Venmo is actually an anagram of Mennonite. Is that true? 
No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Can we, let's just real quick, men no okay. nights, just to make sure that this is all accurate because. I'm pretty sure they're the guys with the hats. They they do have hats. And long beards, but no mustaches. Oh, so the Mennonites, they're not prohibited to use motorized vehicles. So they don't have to have, they don't have to have a buggy. You can, you can bring your Toyota Corolla to the Mennonite camp and you'll be fine. They're also allowed to use electricity and telephones in their homes. Wow. So this is probably how you called her to set up the date. I was thinking like you wrote her a letter and said, I'd like to take you on a date. And then she wrote back. That's moving <laughs> you a had to find it. You me. had to find a pigeon carrier that's still open. <laughs> you know, like, oh man, never can find a pigeon carrier this late of an hour. I think, yes, I, I, think see, I see Mennonites all over the place. Yeah. I think this is a great opportunity for, for you, Jeroboam. Uh, I don't think you should let it by. I'll send you a Facebook link with some butter churn that you could maybe pick one up. They're like 50 bucks. It's not that bad. Uh, here's a picture of the Mennonites. Um, it's strange because it's a picture of all the Mennonite children and all the all the boys and all of the girls are standing. <laughs> it's for a picture, but there's like a good three feet distance between <laughs> the set of boys and the set of girls. Yeah. Was this before <laughs> coronavirus or after coronavirus? This is after coronavirus. Whoa. Before coronavirus, I'm sure. Uh, I think it's well, great. that's the that's the best part about not using any technology um, after 1800. You also can't get the coronavirus because that was made after 1800. It's novel, you understandable. It. All right then, I think. All right. I don't want to do Last any more. One. I can't. Is this a quick one? I gotta get going. I have a meeting at three o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> wait a second. That's now. Uh, yeah, it was 12 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm always uh, well. A Catholic man. This is from Will and Bo- Will Bonder on Reddit. All right, he cool, took cool, it cool. from Reddit. Will a Catholic with ca- will Catholic men date a woman who eats in bed? <laughs> I am always <laughs> snacking in bed. <laughs> I combat crumbs on the daily. I'm not just talking about chips and cookies. I eat full meals on my bed. I get a napkin and I tuck it into my into my collar. <laughs> I'm wondering how Catholic men will feel about this. Is this something I should disclose in pre cana <laughs> to a future Catholic spouse? Oh my Is gosh. eating in bed a sin? You're I and kidding. then someone commented. Someone commented. I think ser- carrots and celery are fine. Chips and cookies are venial. Fried chicken and steak is mortal. Go to hell. Straight to hell. Do not pass purgatory. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Question: Do Catholic men want to date women who use the water from their waterbed as a drink in the middle of the night? <laughs> do Do Catholic men want to date a Catholic woman who invented a device that is both a straw and a puncture so that I can drink directly from my waterbed in the middle of the night? I just I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I assume this is probably a. Bit. That's a joke. That's a joke. I assume yeah, it has to be a joke. But can you imagine? Do I bring this up in pre-cana? Gosh. Yes. Anyway, you that's do. funny. I love that that exists. Patrick, this is a great episode. This is good mm-hmm. to podcast with you. I always enjoy our time together. Thank you. I was wondering if you were going to maybe say <laughs> that you liked podcasting with me, you appreciate me, my friendship, what I've done for you and your family. Um, I was going to say that, but then I was like kind of embarrassed because I was like, oh, no, what if he doesn't feel the same way? But then I was like, oh, wait, you just said so. So, so like, like, maybe I'll say something anyway. Maybe I'll say it. I like podcasting with you too, I guess. Don't tell my mom that I said that. <laughs> hey, hey, then can you can you can you ask your can uh, can you ask your mom to ask my mom if I can sleep over tonight? <laughs> can you Mrs. Mrs. Nevy, can you call my mom? Because you know if you called your mom, it'd be bad news. Yeah. But if you get their mom to call, and it's like mm. 
I'm in the clear. No responsibilities. I'm going to keep playing GameCube. I'm keep playing Star Fox Assault up on the Nintendo GameCube. And can, then have... Can you ask your mom to ask my mom if I can stay over and keep playing Super Smash Bros. Melee on your GameCube? My friend would get so mad at me because I would beat him in Super Smash Bros. Melee because he owned the game and I didn't. And he'd be like, you're just using, oh. you're just using the items. And it's like, you're the one with items on, bro. Yeah, you can turn those off. And also, they're part of the game, okay? All so right. if you can't use them, turn them off. Uh, you're, if you were just using, if you're if you're one of those people that only plays uh, Kirby Smash Down B, that's you're, you don't deserve to win. That's no fun. I do typically play with items. Sean, off. I do, I do, I do play with <laughs> items off when I play, but you know, me too. I haven't played in a long time. All right. Anyway, Patreon.com/slash/crunch. Good podcast. We like to do comedy around here. We like to be orthodox. We love the Catholic Church. We're getting an imprimatur. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially not the pope we're gonna be completely in line with the church teaching i don't care what any of them say all right <laughs> uh patrick do you have anything else for the people i do not it is pizza night so i gotta go thank you all for listening please pray for us we'll be praying for you and we will see you all next pizza next week next week